the date today is July 9th, 2026 at exactly 5.26 p.m. Well, happy weekend to you all. Happy new month. I haven't spoken to you all this month of July, so I'm excited to be here with you all. I hope that the month has been going well and just, you know, breaking forth um, good blessings <laughs> as good as the new month can start, right? But I know I talked about uh, last podcast with you all how every single month I you know want to get in the habit of like knowing what the word for my month is and what God wants me to do practice you know learn grow transform whatever he wants me to do in that month I want to get in the habit of you know studying for the month and having a a word for the month and a goal that I need to reach for the month and as I started that that habit it's been really, really good. And this month, of course, um, I wanted to do the same thing. So this month, God actually has me reading Mark for many various reasons. And I really love the book of Mark so far. And so yesterday I was reading, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. I was reading, you know, Mark. And then I happened to be in Mark chapter one. And then I, I stumbled on Mark chapter one, verses 14. Like for some reason, I just kept reading that verse, 14 to 15. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is really important. You know, so important that a lot of people miss. Of course, I'm going to read the verse later, but just want to give you a background story. I was saying that this is such an important thing that I miss and I forget to do as a Christian because it's the most important purpose that we're all created on earth to do as a children of God. And so today I'll be talking to you all about the good news. Everyone loves good news, right? I certainly do. And the good news is the kingdom of God that Jesus came on earth to proclaim to the lost, the found, the sick, the weak, the poor, all that. He came on earth to do a huge important purpose, which which was to proclaim the goodness of the kingdom of God. And so, yeah, Jesus has a lot of different reasons he came on earth, you know, one to die on a cross for our salvation, to save us, to give us eternal life. But something I never really paid attention to was how important his mission to spread the gospel, which is the good news, and the good news is the kingdom of God, was. And so I'm so glad I stumbled upon Mark chapter 1 verse 14 to 15 and because of that I was like wow I need to talk about this like my spirit just felt moved and I think this is what God wants me to share with you all today any of my messages and podcasts I've done in the past are so irrelevant compared to this because this is the most important thing for us to know what the gospel and the good news is which is the kingdom of God and so without knowing and having knowledge of this, it's hard to truly live your life as a Christian because we don't know what our purpose on earth is, right? We don't know what we're living for. And because of that, I really think that this is the most important podcast I'll ever talk about, talking about God's kingdom and Jesus's main purpose on earth. Um, well, before we start, I'm already getting really passionate and really excited about this topic. I'm very nervous because uh, it took me a while to study this. It took me like basically the whole day. Like I've been up since 12 and this was something I've been studying for like the past four hours. And so that should tell you how intense a study is, right? I'm nervous because I I was honestly having a revelation as well. Like this was something that I never really knew, to be honest with you. You know, I had a revelation as I was studying this, and I was just amazed and bewildered by the knowledge of God's word. I was like, whoa, God, like this is so important and so transformative. And so I'm so excited. I'm very, very nervous. I'm not going to lie to share this with you all. And because I'm so nervous, I know that this message is not my own, and I cannot do it on my own strength. So I do want to invoke the Holy Spirit to come in here, be in our presence, and to just be in control of the word and to teach us his word and the way that he wants us to understand it. So that being said, um, I hope you all, you know, like I said, have been doing well and just I'm happy to be here with you all, all. And I'm hoping that this message finds you at the right time, at the appropriate time, at the appropriate season for when you need it to grow and to understand more of who God is and who he calls us to be through him. So let me go ahead and open up in prayers. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you so much for this awesome day. I thank you for this new month that I'm able to share here with your children, God. I thank you for the progress and progression that you allow us to see and to make on a daily basis. God, I'm so thankful for your knowledge. I'm so thankful that that your word is active and alive. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, God, that penetrates the souls and just 
changes people, God, transforms us, God. I thank you that your words really just pop up and just give us new meaning. Every single time we read your words, we don't get it back the same way that we read it the first time. Your word is constantly working and transforming us. That's why it's called active and alive, because your words are alive. Your words are present, and they are always needed in the times of the situations that we find ourselves in. So God, thank you for allowing me to stumble across this transformative, amazing word of yours that has been in the Bible all along and I just never saw it, God. I pray that those who that will be hearing it for the first time, Lord, that may you open up their ears to truly understand this in their hearts so that they can fully receive it, God. Um, let it go forth and bring change into this world and the souls of those that are listening. For those that have heard this word before, God, let it be a fresh word against them, God. Let it refresh their memory and already um, teach them the things that I already know, but teach them the different way so that way they can apply those words in the new ways that you need them to apply no matter how many times we've read a verse in the bible god every time we read it is new and fresh and brings forth new knowledge and wisdom lord so we thank you for your living words we thank you that you're mighty god who loves and cares for us so deeply that you want to teach us your words and not let us be ignorant to the truth father god so thank you for your truth thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge and your revelation god use me lord as i am only a vessel to spread this good news to your children, God. I'm so excited to spread your good news. So please use me, Father God. Let me be a vessel. Let my fl- my flesh lay dormant so your spirit can live and reign within me, Father God. So you go forth and move and have your being, God. Let this word be yours. Let this word come out of your mouth, Father God, through me. Lord, use me so that I can submit to your will, Father God. Teach your children, Father God. Open up your children's hearts and let this word go forth and bring fruits into good soil, God. Let this word not be stolen by the enemy, God, but to plant and to root up in the souls that are listening to this word, God. It's in Jesus most holy and powerful name that I invoke you God I thank you Father Lord God for you are good and loving and merciful it's in Jesus most awesome and powerful name I pray amen y'all I am nervous okay I'm just nervous because this word is like so powerful like uh, I, I, I wish I knew how to explain to you all how I felt reading this and like it was just a lot, honestly. I'm overwhelmed by the word, to be honest with you. And because of that, I'm very anxious and nervous because this is such a breathtaking, transformative word I never knew before. And because of that, I'm so excited to bring this revelation to you all. And I pray that God truly, truly, truly speaks in this word. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let me take another deep breath before we get, we get started. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> God, are you ready? Okay, cool. <laughs> but anyway, so let's go ahead and open up our Bibles in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 15. So this is where I first read this awesome transformative word. So the title, if you're reading from the NIV version, I'm using my Bible app. So it, it says the title is called Jesus Announces the Good News. In verse 14, 15, it reads, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. This is what the good news is. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I love this because here is Jesus seen proclaiming the good news. And what is the good news, y'all? The good news is the kingdom of God being near. And because of that, he instructs us to repent and to believe the good news, which is the kingdom of God being near. And so I think that's so important that we pause there, right? How do we understand this good news? We have to believe. We have to repent and accept this good news because God's kingdom is near. We don't know how far or how close it is, but it's near. Near can be very, um, relative you know depending on where you are i can be closer to near than where you are depending on where you live if that makes sense and so because of that it's hard for us as humans to truly know where is the kingdom of god and you know throughout this this whole podcast i have a few questions that as i was studying i was asking god and just wanted to address it and hopefully you all have you know questions that you're thinking throughout this podcast if you do have a question that i necessarily didn't address please i would instruct you to study this word to look it up and you know do your own 
your own research because this to me was just uh like I don't even know how to describe the way I felt when I read this beyond words honestly can express my feelings but nevertheless that was where I found out about the kingdom of God and that that was the gospel which is the good news I knew about this but never in this way and so another really important thing to note is that the kingdom of God is Jesus's purpose so in Luke chapter 4 verses 43 it says but he said which is Jesus I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. So God being human flesh, which was Jesus, came on earth to do this thing, which is to preach the word of God, to proclaim it to other towns, to people all around the world, no matter what race, what age, what economic status. His job was to come here to teach us and to proclaim the kingdom of God at hand. And so, wow, this is so important because that if that's Jesus' main purpose on earth, how important is that for us to grasp? It's so, so important because this is why he came, right? Just like we are all on earth for a purpose and a season and a reason, it's so important for us to know what that purpose is. And so if Jesus had this purpose to teach us the word of the kingdom of God, how important is it for us of A, know what that kingdom of God is, and B, know how to access it, C, know what it looks like, you know, just, just know about it, period. I think that's so important for us to know about it. And so... When I was reading this, I was like, hmm, this is interesting, right? So Jesus was sent to proclaim the king, the kingdom of God, which is the good news. And this was one of his major purpose. So it's really important for us to know and understand this gospel slash good news. And so that being said, let's, let's go on to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35. Jesus went through all the towns and reads, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So here, Jesus is seen doing his purpose, which in verse, uh, which in Luke chapter four that we just read, 43, he tells us that this was the reason why he was sent to proclaim the kingdom of God. And then in Matthew chapter nine, verses 35, he's seen doing this, proclaiming it to all the villages and towns and synagogues, teaching people and healing people while he's at it. So this is so important because this is what God came on earth to do to proclaim his kingdom and so that being said what is the kingdom of God that was one of the first questions I wanted to pose and ask what is the kingdom of God and so I did a lot of you know bible studying and then I had to go on like google and do research and so forth and so forth because this is something that's so so important that we must understand and so when I googled it on dictionary.com the kingdom of God also called the kingdom of heaven is the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king or the fulfillment of earth, sorry, or the fulfillment on earth of God's will. And so the kingdom of God in Matthew is defined as a process, a course of events whereby God begins to govern or to act as king or Lord, an action thereby which God manifests his being in the world, word, world of men. And so, wow, I love this because in simple form, right, the kingdom of God is God's manifesting his will on earth through us. It's God showing that I am king. I reign over heaven and earth. So God is coming over on earth to reign and to show that he is the one and only true Lord. And so his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so why is this so important? It's so important because we need to first seek the kingdom of God. In, in Matthew chapter 6 verses 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So we must seek this kingdom of God, which I said is so important as Christians to know what the kingdom of God is. And the way we know it is by seeking it, right? Just like I talk about relationship and friendship, the way you get closer to your friend is by seeking to get closer to your friend. You don't do it in a weird, malicious way, but you do it in a way of interest. You desire to know this person. You desire to know their interests, their likes, their dislikes. You spend time with them. You're in their presence. And this is how we seek out the kingdom of God. It says, seek first, seek first. So what we do is that we prioritize the kingdom of God. That is the thing that we're most 
interested and intrigued in. So we're constantly learning, okay, God, what is your kingdom? What is your kingdom like? What do you do in your kingdom? Who can be in your kingdom? Those are questions that we want to ask God when we're seeking out his kingdom. When you seek something, you seek to know it. You seek to understand it better. And God tells us that in Matthew chapter 6, we need to understand and desire to know his kingdom more and more and more each day. And so I'm going to read out some verses that talks about what is the kingdom of God like? Because I just gave you a definition of what the, what is the kingdom of God, right? And so now let's talk about what is it like? What is it not like? And so it's really important to kind of know these things. Okay, so we're going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 20 it says for the kingdom of god is not a matter of talk but of power so what does it tell us about god's kingdom is that it's a powerful kingdom it's powerful unlike any other there's no other force on earth that can compare to god's kingdom not satan's uh realm not you know voodoo nothing can compare to the kingdom of god because it's all powerful all powerful means it's the most powerful est I don't know if that's a word, but it's powerful er. <laughs> what is wrong with my English today? But it's more powerful than anything ever in the world. There's nothing that can compare to it. You know, just like how God is the, the God of all gods, the king of all kings. There's no one above him. And therefore, there's no one above, no other kingdom above his kingdom. Not the kingdom of America, not the kingdom of Africa, not the kingdom of Europe, none of that. No other continent or kingdom on earth is as close to God's powerful kingdom. And so, uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verses 20, 1 Corinthians tells us how powerful God's kingdom is. And then now let's move to Luke chapter 13, verses 18 to 21. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in it, in its branches. Again, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Hmm, I love this because what does it talk about God's kingdom, right? It shows power, how something so small can reap a huge harvest. They talked about the mustard seed being the smallest seed, being one of the smallest seed, but it grows such a huge mustard tree. And so they talked about a little bit of yeast going in over 60 pounds of dough. But yet when it works its way all throughout the dough, it actually causes that dough to, you know, to to grow and develop because yeast when, when you put in yeast and dough it helps the, the dough to rise up a little bit and so god is saying that is exactly what my kingdom is like my kingdom is so powerful that only a little bit can make such a difference right just the little people in this earth that know god's word and are in god's kingdom they can transform the world. That's basically what God is saying, that my kingdom is so powerful that I don't need to use my full force. Only a little bit can go a long way and transform and, and be powerful. That is what God's kingdom is like. And so let's move on to Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 32. I break them down because they're two different parables. Um, and so in case you all don't know what a parable is, this is something that God used all throughout the Bible to tell stories and to bring, um, kind of like to, to make things that were so complex seem a little simple by telling this interesting story. And so in my handy dandy dictionary.com, it defines parable as a short um, story def- designed to illustrate or teach some truth, religious principle, or moral lesson. And so basically a parable is something that God used to tell stories and to teach people about his kingdom or whatever he wanted to teach people about by telling a fun little story to explain a complex situation, you know, and so the kingdom of God is complex. So God has to use these simple stories, aka parables, in order to help us understand more of what that thing was like. And so let's move on to the next parable. So this is Mark chapter 4, verses 23 to 29. That is the first parable. It's called the parable of the growing seed. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. 
all by itself the soil produces grain first the stalk then the head then the full kernel in the head as soon as the grain is ripe he puts the he puts the, the sickle to it because the harvest has come and so it's kind of similar to the first one right all it's showing is that once those little seeds are spread out or planted sorry on the ground they grow and they sprout and before you know it it's a harvest of all these swirls that has produced grains and stalks and all these things. And that's how the kingdom of God is. It's so powerful that it can just spread around, right? Imagine when you read one word of God. It's so transformative that you can only read one word and it's going to change you many ways that you won't even begin to know. That doesn't mean you stop there because you've been changed by one word, but that's how strong and powerful God's kingdom is. That a little goes a long way. And then the next parable is going to pick up from verse uh, 30 to 32. Um, it's called the parable of the mustard seed. Um, again, he said, what shall we describe the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, or the parable, sorry. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth, yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shades. So we talked about this already in um, the earlier uh, chapter I just read. I think that was, that was in 1 Corinthians. No, Luke chapter 13, verse 18. We talked about that already, but here I like it because it defines the kingdom of heaven even more. It talks about the kingdom of heaven being this mustard seed that is the littlest seed in the in all of the the seeds, right? But when you plant it, it grows to be, be one of the biggest, largest trees. And before you know it, it's protecting all the animals, the birds, and so forth. They can come to it for shade. The other animals can come to it for for food. And so again, God's kingdom is defined as powerful, as something that small, as something that that if it's so small. It'll reap such a huge harvest because that's how powerful God's kingdom is, right? It doesn't take much to produce the results in which it desires to produce. A little can make a difference and a little goes a long way. And so the other question I wanted to pose is, okay, now that we know about the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God, like we said, is God manifesting his will on earth um, through us, basically, his kingdom is powerful. It's one that is so mighty that hasn't that's abundant. It has an abundant of wealth and resources and so forth. And so now that we know about this great, awesome kingdom of God, how can we enter the kingdom of God? And so John chapter three, verses uh, three and five, tells us more about this. It says John chapter three. I'm going to read three, verse three and verse five. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Then let's jump down to verse 5. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So it tells us how to enter the kingdom of God, which is through baptism, right, and salvation. And so in order to do that, we have to be born again. How are we born again? When we're, we give our lives to Christ, we're rebirthed. And we do that through baptism, right, of water and of spirit. So if you haven't been born again or baptized, same thing. If you haven't been born again, which is baptism through, the, through water and the spirit, Unfortunately, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So if you desire to enter the kingdom of God, please go get baptized. Please be born, be reborn. Give your life to Christ. Rededicate yourself and seek out God's salvation, which is also why Jesus came on earth to die on the cross so that we can have salvation and eternal life through him. And salvation is not something that is forced. We have to choose to be saved. We have to choose to be reborn and have a life that's rebirthed in Christ. And if you desire to so do this, please do this. It will be the best decision you've ever made. At the end, I'm going to do a salvation prayer. I haven't done it in my last two podcasts, and that's my apologies. I just kept forgetting. Um, but this is one of the most important things that we can ever do in our lives as people the first the best and the most important decision is to give our lives to Christ and to be saved and to have salvation because why that is the only way we can enter the kingdom of God without it there's no other way we cannot sneak in because we will not get in right 
And so then the next question I want to pose is, where is the kingdom of God? So now that we know how to, well, first, now that we know what the kingdom of God is and we know how to enter the kingdom of God, now we might wonder, like, where is the kingdom of God, right? Because I wondered that question. You might, you might not. That's okay. (laughs) But the kingdom of God, right? So let's read in verse uh, Luke chapter 17, verses 21. It says, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst, or the kingdom of God is within you, right? So the kingdom of God is within us. That is where the kingdom of God is. I love this so much because it tells us that we don't have to look too far. The kingdom of God is within us. And the way we have that kingdom of God is within us because the Holy Spirit of God is being manifested and inside of us to do his will on earth and he does his will through us and with us and so like we talk about the definition of the kingdom of God is God manifesting his will on earth as it is in heaven and he does that through us God loves us so much that he wants to partner with us to do his will and that is why we accept his holy spirit that lives within us and has his being within us and teaches us the ways of God and uses us to do the things of God and so when we have the kingdom of God within us it means that we have God's holy spirit within us God's holy spirit in essence is part of the kingdom kingdom of God it came on earth to do its will inside of us and we have to again be baptized, repent, give our lives to Christ, and receive this Holy Spirit. And so once we have the Holy Spirit, God's will will be done on earth on us. And so let's go on to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Like I talked about, the Holy Spirit that lives within us is God doing his will. It's God's kingdom coming on earth because once his Holy Spirit is within us, we have power through Christ that strengthens us, right? And God is now able to use our human flesh to do his will, his his kingdom will on earth and so in Romans chapter 14 6 17 that we just read the kingdom of God is seen through us based on how we live our lives when the Holy Spirit comes within us right it transforms us it changes our our old ways of thinking we're transformed by the renewing of our minds as it says in Romans chapter 12 verses uh, 2 and we get to think differently we think spiritually spiritual thoughts you know we walk like Christ because we are bodies of Christ and so we must live our lives to be a reflection of how God lives this, lives this life, where, the, where there is goodness, peace, and joy, which comes from the Holy Spirit. So this is how the kingdom of God is reflected through us. The kingdom of God, like we said, where is it? It's within us and is seen by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, where we get to live a life that is of goodness, of peace, and of joy. That is what Romans chapter 14, 17 talks about. Let me read it again. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, right? So it's not about the food that we eat or the drinks that we do or the way that we, we, we dress up our outer bodies. It's about our hearts, right? It's about the way we live our life, which says, but of living a life of goodness and of peace and of joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is reflected in us by how the Holy Spirit works within us. So the way that we reflect ourselves, you know, the way that we're kind to others, we love others, we pray for one another, we don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't sin. That is how we can tell that God's kingdom is being reflected and working in us and through us. And so the next question I wanted to pose, right? So now that we know where is the kingdom of God, which is within us, it's also important to know who will have a hard time entering the kingdom of God and how can that person overcome this hard time? So let's go ahead and look to Luke chapter 18, verses 24 to 27. So um, let me, before I read that, right? Like I said, who will have trouble entering the kingdom of God? I think that is people who would have a hard time entering it are people that are wicked and believing, those who haven't given their lives to Christ yet and been uh, rebirthed, been rebirthed, um, people who are rich, etc. And so Luke chapter 18, verse 24 to 27, it talks about, it reads, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. 
So here God or Jesus uses a really interesting um, parable, if you want to call it. Um, well, this wasn't a, par- par- a parable. This is more like a metaphor. He uses a really interesting metaphor in 25 where it says that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. If any of you have ever sewed before or seen a needle, you know how tiny that hole is. That eye of the needle is so, so tiny. But yet, you know how big a camel is. So here's just an exaggeration to show that, hey, a camel, something as big as a camel can fit through that small hole quicker than someone that's rich can go into heaven. And so that just shows us that those that are rich and have super wealth, it's going to be hard for them to get go into the kingdom of heaven. Why, you might ask, because someone that is so wealthy and has all these possessions, they have a hard time letting go of that. I'm going to talk about later, but God talks about if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to leave everything, everyone behind for God. You sacrifice your life. You lose your life in order to gain life. You're no longer yours. You sacrifice who you are as a person. Your thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not your ways. None of that. And that is how you can truly enter into God's kingdom when you're selfless, when you sacrifice yourself for Christ. You know, your fleshly desires, you you, you don't give into those things anymore. Your wants are not your wants anymore. It's what Christ wants now. And so somebody that has great wealth, they have so many possessions that, man, am I going to leave my nice car behind? Am I going to leave my nice house behind? Oh, my bank accounts, my money, like, it's going to be hard for you to give up all these things if you're so materialistic and and have worldly possessions that are so great that it's going to be hard for you to let go of that. And so God says that it's easier for a a huge camel to go through this tiny eye of a needle because... A rich person is going to have so much to give up. It's going to be harder for them. But one thing I love so much is that in verse uh, or 26 to 27, it asks, those who heard this asked, then who can be saved, God? Because they were like, whoa, then that's a hard thing you're asking for us, right? Because these people, they maybe had money. They maybe had wealth and possessions and things that they liked. So they're just like, man, God, if this rich person cannot even go through heaven because they have all this wealth... Who is it that can be saved? They ask Jesus that question. And man, I love Jesus because look at his response. Jesus replied in verse 26, what is possible, sorry, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so he's saying that, yes, that is a hard thing to do as a rich person to go through heaven, the kingdom of God. But the things that seem impossible with human beings as possible, with me as God. That's what he was telling these people. He was telling them that any and everything is possible with me. What seems impossible to the world is not impossible with me. I'm sorry, yeah, it's not impossible with me. Um, That's what God was saying. And so I really love that because, yes, you know, these are people that are going to have a hard time entering into the kingdom of God. And the only way that we can do it is through Christ, by Christ, and with Christ, which is why we need to first be reborn and accept this gospel, repent, as it talked about in the very first chapter in um, Mark 1, 14 to, to 15, where it talks about repenting and accepting this good news, which was why Jesus came on earth. That was the reason he was sent to teach us and to proclaim this good gospel and this good news. And so... Now that we've talked about who will have trouble entering it, right? We want to know when will the kingdom come? That's so important because you cannot prepare for something that you don't know when it will come, right? And so when will the kingdom of God come? This tells us, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, before we go on, right? So I wanted to read, uh, I told you how in order to like truly get into the kingdom of God, it's going to be hard because you have to literally give up everything. It says in Luke chapter 18, verses 29, it reads, Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sister or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age age to come eternal life. 
And so this is really important because it talks about, let's say, in the opposite way, right? People who refuse to give up their wealth, their family, their friends, their brothers, their comfort, their lives, their choices, it'll be hard for them to enter the kingdom of God. So God is saying that these are the things that we're going to have to leave behind and give up in order to enter his kingdom of God. And once we do these things, right, he'll bless us. He told us that he'll give, we will receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life so we'll receive eternal life we'll receive salvation we'll receive so much blessings and good things when we're able to fully sacrifice and enter into god's kingdom and so moving on now we want to talk about when will the kingdom come so in luke chapter 17 verse 20 it reads once on being asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come jesus replied The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. So what does that mean, y'all? Unfortunately, the kingdom of God is something that we will not know when it's coming. If you want to get more information and insight, which I would highly recommend, read the whole uh, verse 20 to 37. So God says that it's so hard for us to predict when this kingdom of God is coming. He talked about um, the whole uh, verse 20 to 37. Seven, he gave examples of when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, right? When uh, the flood came back in the, in the times when the flood came uh, of Noah. I shouldn't think of the, the person who built the ark. But yeah, when the flood came in Noah's days, these people did not know that these tragic, tragic situations or events were going to happen. They went about living their lives, eating, drinking, marrying, and just doing what people were doing back then. They weren't paying attention because why? Nobody knew that these times were coming. And so that is exactly how the kingdom of God will be. It'll come like a thief in the night, right? We won't even realize that it came. We won't even know until it's too late. And so we need to be aware and paying attention because we'll never know when that time will come. The parable of the 10 virgins in Matthew 25, verse uh, 1 to 13. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I talked about the wise virgins, right? How five were foolish and five were wise. Five had their lambs. They were preparing the lambs, had oil in their lamb. They were waiting for the groom to come, the bridegroom to come. And five were like, you know what, never mind. I'm going to just, you know, take my time. When the bridegroom comes, I'll fill up my lamb with oil. I'll be prepared. But the bridegroom came at a time that they least expected. And because of that, the five who were foolish, they had a hard time filling up their lamp because they were, you know, rushing, looking, they went to go get oil, and they were first of all begging the wives to give them oil, and the wives was like, no, like, you should have been prepared, like, go get your own oil, girl, like, whatever, (laughs) and then those that were foolish, they went to look for oil for their lamb, and when they came back, guess what, it was too late, the bridegroom had already left, he took the wives five, who already were prepared, and he left, And so we don't want to be caught like that because why? We don't know when the kingdom of God is going to come. And so therefore, how can we wait for the kingdom of God? We have to keep watch as I talked about in Matthew 25, 13. We have to always be prepared. Like the five wise virgins, they were prepared with their lamp, waiting for the bridegroom. We cannot rest. We cannot wait. We cannot slumber. slumber. We cannot sit here and think that, oh, we got time. You know, I'm going to get baptized tomorrow if you, you've been wanting to get baptized for a long time. Or I'm going to give my life to Christ um, next year. Or I'm going to wait till I'm financially stable, stable to start tithing. Or I'm going to wait till, I don't know, to find get married until I decide to be sell or find a girlfriend before I decide to be celibate just whatever it is that you think you're waiting on God for please do not be like the foolish you know versions who were not prepared be amongst the wise versions who are prepared for every and anything because you don't know when the time will come None of us knows when the time will come when God will come to judge the living and the dead. And so what that means is that we need to be prepared. We need to be on our best behaviors. We need to live in the spirit, walk in the spirit, talk in the spirit, be a reflection of God because the kingdom of God is coming. It's near. That's why Jesus came on earth thousands of years ago to let us know that it's near, right? We might think, well, okay, it's he said that thousands of years ago and now thousands of years later, nothing's happened. Please don't be foolish. Don't deceive yourself, right? Time is very relative. Time is very, very relative. 
Our life is but a breath on this earth. It's very relative. Ecclesiastes says that there's a season and time for everything under the sun. And so we cannot sit here waiting and thinking that, oh, well, we will be prepared when that time comes. We know because you don't know. None of us know. I don't know. Nobody knows except God. And when that time comes, you do not want to be foolish and caught unprepared. And so how do we wait? We keep watch, right? We keep watch. We live a righteous life. We're prepared, right? We share the good news with other people. We're always, always looking for ways to grow and to develop in Christ. And so... Matthew 25 verses 13, it tells us how to wait. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And because we don't know the day or the hour or the time or the season, nothing is known to us. And because of this, we have to keep watch. We have to be prepared, waiting, always having our guard up, waiting, 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 and be preparing, right? Don't wait to start preparing when the time is near because it'll be too late we have to already be prepared and waiting and watching out for that time to come to keep watch because we don't know the hour or the day and so another thing that i really love it's in romans chapter 10 verses 13 to 15 this is how we should also keep wait i mean we should also wait right we can start to tell others of this good news because not everyone knows what the good news is which is why i said this is the most important message i'll ever 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 share in this podcast about the good news not everyone knows what this is and this is the purpose that god came on earth jesus came on earth in human form to teach us and to proclaim and to let us know that the kingdom is near and to prepare us for the way And so because of that, right, not everyone knows what this is. So your job as a Christian, yes, you listening to this right now, your job is to tell others what this good news is. Don't think that you don't know much because I don't know much. You know, I just share the things that I do know and the things that the Holy Spirit leads me to. So don't don't think of yourself inadequate to share this good news. Don't think that, okay, I've only been saved for a few months or a few days or a few weeks or whatever. I don't know anything. You know enough. What you know is enough to share this good news. You've learned from this podcast. Hopefully you've learned and you're taking notes and you're re-listening to this. But your job is to share that and proclaim that news for people. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel intimidated. Don't think that your friends don't want to hear this. They probably don't, but that's not your business. All your job is to do is to share this because you never know who actually might need to hear this. You never know who actually wants to hear this, but those they haven't been told yet. And so because they haven't been told, it's important that we do our jobs and our parts to spread this gospel. That is what we're called to do as Christians. That is our main purpose, to spread the good news and to tell others of the kingdom of God being near. That was Paul's life mission. Uh, Paul dedicated his life. Let's Like I talked about Paul last uh last podcast when I studied him in in the book of Acts, he dedicated his whole life after he had been um, transformed and saved to or reborn to teach others of the good news. That was his sole purpose. And guess what? That's your purpose. That's my purpose. That's all our purpose as children of God to talk about the good news to those that are unbelievers. We talked, we learned about how the the kingdom of God works, right? All we need to do is plant a little seed and guess what? It's going to grow like a mustard seed. All it takes is a little bit of faith, right? It talks about faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains, can do so many things. And that's how powerful God's kingdom is. All we need to do is a little. The little is going to go a long way and bring forth good news and good fruit into this world. So we need to start by proclaiming the kingdom of God. And sorry, before I went go off on a more more from rant, let's read chapter, uh, sorry, read Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15. It reads, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they do not believe in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And then how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so, yes, we might not all be sent and called to preach. That's not everyone's purpose, and that's okay. But guess what? Our role, we are all called called to share our gospel, our faith. And that is the good news of Christ, y'all. Please do not give up on this mission. This is not a, a battle for one person, but it's a battle of the body of Christ. We are all important in the body of Christ. Whether we're an eyeball, a leg, an arm, an ear, 
a lip, a nose, whatever. We all play a huge role in the body of Christ. And it's our job and our duty to go out and bear fruit into this world, to plant seeds like mustard seeds, right? Like the farmer who plants planted all the seeds and guess what it grew and blossomed into so many good fruit that is our job y'all because think about our natural bodies if you don't have your eyes it's going to be hard to properly walk right your legs are not going to know how to properly walk if you don't have your your taste buds it's going to be hard for you to smell food and to understand the fragrance of the food Everything works hand in hand. If we don't have our left hand, it's going to be hard to use our right hand properly. We we still will do it, but we're not going to be functioning to our full and best potential. And so because of that, it's important that you you just don't leave the job to me or to your pastors or to, I don't know, YouTube preachers or whatever. You are part of that body of Christ. And it's your job. Yes, you listening to this call right message right now. I'm challenging you to go forth and bear good news and to share this fruit with other people, whether it's sharing this podcast or sharing your voice, sharing your faith. You can you have no excuse. You know what the gospel, <laughs> the good news is now. So you have no excuse. I've broken it down as much as I could. I'm sure there's so many parts and questions that you might think of and still have that I haven't answered it. And guess what? That's your job now to study and go forth and do your research and once you do that you share with the next person that is what we're called to do on this earth in case you don't know what your purpose is this is your first real and true purpose to share the good news with others and everything else follows right god says seek first my kingdom and all the other things will be added onto you. Our purpose can look many, it look different in so many different ways. For example, you might be a nurse and your job is to be a nurse, but to share that gospel in your hospital. The other person can be in IT. Your job is to share that in your field. You can be a janitor. Your job is to share that in your field. Your purpose is maybe doing X, Y, Z, but at the end of the day, us as Christians, it's our main, main, main purpose. And so, y'all, I want to stress this, stretch this out because my message are not just for y'all to listen and enjoy and, you know, learn about God. It's actually to put actions into what you're hearing, right? It says in the Bible, do not be only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. The things that you listen, and that's the thing, that's the scary thing about God's word sometimes for me personally, is that when I read something that I've never read before, I am now um, responsible for what I do with that word, right? You can read something and ignore it, but guess what? You can't be ignorant anymore. Ignorance is not bliss <laughs> because now you know the truth and the truth shall set you free and the truth causes you to act. It causes you to, to put your, your truth into action. And so because of that, y'all, you've heard the truth and now <laughs> I'm going to put my burden on you guys in the sense where you now have to act, right? The truth cannot be let be led dormant anymore it has to go forth and bear fruit through you all so um yeah let's just go ahead and pray i hope you all enjoyed this message as much as i did studying it and uh, i i was just amazed by just learning about this you know god is just amazing and um the more i know his words and the more the more i know things about his kingdom it's mind-blowing to me because these are things that should be told I've read this before but i never saw it in this way and you know what it maybe wasn't my time because if god thought me that word at that time in my little brain, I wouldn't have understood what he meant. And so I'm so glad that God is just so purposeful. He knows you. He knows what you need at the right time, the right season that you're currently in. And so I'm just so blessed to be here with you all. I'm so blessed to share this word with you all. And I'm just so blessed with a God that we serve that teaches us so many awesome, amazing things. He's so cool. <laughs> but okay, let's go ahead and close out in prayers, y'all. But um, yeah, just like, oh. Well, before I did that, remember I told you guys I'm going to do the salvation prayer because it's so important, y'all. Like I talked about, we read about the kingdom of God and all these great things that he has to offer. But the only way we can do that is through salvation. And if you haven't been saved, please, you don't want to wait any longer because why? We don't know when that time is going to come. The time is here. The time is near. So do it when you can. Don't wait too long. Don't wait too late because you don't know what is on the other side, right? And so in case you haven't been saved and you would love to give your life to Christ, remember salvation is not by force. It's not something that God will force any of us to do. He wants us to choose salvation. And truth be told, this is the best decision that you'll ever make in your whole life. The best decision I've ever made because why? I have eternal life. I get to enjoy the kingdom of God. I get to enjoy his riches and his abundant glory and mercies. And I want that. I want the same thing for you. And I'm sure you want the same thing 
for your families and your friends. So do your job and make sure that they're saved. And do your job and make sure you're safe too because how can you feed others when you're not fed, right? You have to pour from a glass that's full. An empty cup cannot pour or feed anybody. And so in order for you to be whole, you got to make sure that you do your job to take care of yourself so that you can teach others how to be whole and full as well. And so here's a prayer of salvation. If you want to be saved, it's so simple. All you have to do is repeat this prayer that I found on on Google about being saved and believe in your heart. Just don't stop there. Follow up. Be baptized with water and with the Holy Spirit and get in the body of Christ that's growing and encourages you to get closer to God and to seek his kingdom out. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things that you wish and ask for will be given unto you. So repeat after me, y'all, and believe in your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent of my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Christ. Sorry, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. Receive by faith you as my person. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and to do your will. It's in Jesus' name that I believe and receive the things I prayed this day. Amen. 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 So y'all, if you gave your life to Christ and you said this prayer of salvation, I'm so, so happy for you. God is happy for you. And yeah, I just wish you the best of luck in your faith journey. Like I said, it doesn't start or end here. This is just the beginning. I mean, I'm sorry, it starts here, but it doesn't end here. This is just the beginning. So get in the body of Christ, grow. And if you need help, you need any resources, I'll leave my email, givingbacktogod04 at gmail.com. Please email me. Please ask me questions. And hopefully I can find some resources that can help you. I know a lot of good online resources. And hopefully I would encourage you to also get into an actual church that's around you, like a local church or whatever. Um, But yes, let's close out in prayers. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your awesome, awesome, awesome transformative word. I thank you, God, for using me to be here in your presence and to share with your children, God. I'm so honored and humbled that you chose this time. You told you chose us for such a time as this, Lord God, to be in your midst and to learn and grow in faith with you, God. May your words go out and bear fruit. And like you talked about, a little mustard seed that just is so small, but once it's planted, it goes a long way and it grows this huge mustard tree that gives life to trees and birds and other shades, shades and shelters, God. So please, God, let this word be as that mustard seed. Let it go forth and bear good fruit into this world, Father God. Um, thank you, God, that your words are awesome and active and alive, Lord God. I pray for those that are listening to this, Lord God. Meet them where they are at their need. Lord, I pray for their families, their health, their uh, joy, their laughter, God, their peace. And most importantly, I pray for their relationship with you, God, their salvation. Let us wait no longer, Lord God, but to give our lives to you now. Let us not seek seek to, to do our will, but to seek to do your will, Father God. Let us seek first your kingdom and all the things that we ask for shall be added unto us, Lord God. Let us not wait for your kingdom in idleness, but to wait for your kingdom, God watchful and doing your will we thank you lord god we love you in jesus most awesome and holy name we pray amen amen y'all thank you so much again for joining me today i just always enjoy this as always and i wish you all a good rest of your week and your weekend and i look forward to hopefully by god's will seeing you all on july 23rd that is when i have um, on my calendar to record next but okay talk to you guys later bye